It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's podcast, we share part of a clinic talk, which I moderated with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. If you missed Lawrence First and Goal Clinic, this talk, along with over 90 others now, have been produced on CoachTube and is just an outstanding set of resources. Be sure you check that out, the link to all the Lawrence First and Goal courses. There's something for everybody in your program, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, every single position, program building, strength and conditioning. It was all covered in Lawrence First and Goal. All those courses are available. Uh, They're $19.95 each. There's bundles there where you can save. Be sure to check that out. I will share the link to their page on CoachTube in the show notes. In this segment, Coach talks about the standard that they set and some of the things that became part of their identity as a team. He starts by talking about how it's important that they understand that everything they do, they have to accomplish at a team and that everybody is dependent on each other. Let's take a listen. Everything that we accomplish, we accomplish as a team. And uh, in a team sport, um, yeah, no doubt about it. How many good teams you've been on, that kind of measures a lot of your career. Um, That also says the things to allow us to have success, we are connected to one another. And so I think of like a, uh, you know, a defense, if it's a, you want to be a really good pass rushing team, you better be really connected as a secondary to say, these guys are guarding guys. Well, they're defending them. If you want to be, you know, really good at getting some interceptions, the front had better be, you know, able to generate pressure and make the quarterback throw when he's off the spot or get hit while he throws. So having the, recognition of that is really big because there's going to be moments to score that, you know, whether it's the quarterback or, you know, someone else gets the credit, but recognizing the other people involved with that was a big deal. And so the player on the left, his name's Malcolm Smith. And so he has a a good spot in my heart, I would say, because um, he was a backup linebacker. Um, We had an injury to a player. And so in, in an NFC championship game, we had assigned, or a saying that said, good things happen to those who run. And so at the end of the game, there was a tip ball. And, you know, as a zone player, you know, when the ball is thrown, oftentimes, you know, somebody's eyes go, but they're not just hauling ass to get there. Well, in this case, that tip ball happened. And just by what Malcolm did, by when the ball was thrown, he turned and ran like he was trained to do. He caught the tip ball that ended the game to send the team to the Super Bowl. 
And so he actually had a uh, you know, fumble recovery in, in an end zone, like, you know, in that game. But Richard had made the big play to tip the ball. But if Malcolm wasn't hauling ass to get there, it wouldn't have happened. So that moment showed these are guys that have to do it together. And it wasn't one player that made it to go. And I think it's like one of the best parts about our game. It's all connected. I'm sure you guys have tons of examples of that. The one on the bottom is um, really, you know, guys who are connected of um, being in Selma and having the opportunity to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And so being involved in the social um, justice movement for me over the last, you know, three or four years has completely changed my life. But again, doing it together with others to be able to share that, where now those group of guys could then reflect back to the team. So uh, the person on the far left is Ricardo Allen and the one in the brown suit in the middle is Grady Jarrett. Those two being there were able to echo back to the staff in that experience or to the team, excuse me, to say, this is so important on these voting rights and we've got to get there together. Those guys now had the ability, not just from their moment of being there, which was significant, but also to pass that along to the team to have a big voting initiative to go. So it carries both on and off the field of the things that we accomplish, we accomplish as a team. And so those two in particular led a huge voting initiative in Georgia um, that made a huge impact. And so everything we accomplished, we accomplished a team. Had they not gone to that and then been able to share those experiences with the team, you know, probably it doesn't come across in the same way. And so I would just encourage you to anything you can do to encourage two, three, four guys together, five guys. And then how does that level up to the whole team? Think about on your own staff, how do you play complimentary football? How does the, you know, the kickoff team, you know, start field position? How does the, the turnover that's caused by the defense to get, you know, field position? How's the offense holding on to the ball and not allowing, you know, those things, those complimentary football things that you accomplish as a team, it's huge to celebrate. There's going to be a lot of individual good moments and you need them special players that you have have to do those things, but it's way deeper than that. And so I think the guys acknowledging that, that was a big deal. Football is a team sport more than any other. And in order for a team to be successful, one job is reliant on all the other jobs being done well. And coach points out the importance of that and how that works in this next segment. I'm able to do my job because my brother does his. My brother is able to do his job because I do my own. The One of my favorite lines was one player saying to another, I'll feed your family, you feed mine. And uh, to that level of things, that was a big deal. And we put these pictures on here, whether it was the big block that enabled the player to do it, whether it was the, the big sack that came because of the coverage that took place. But knowing your job is dependent on someone else, that's a big deal. How do you find ways to recognize that? I think that comes from film, that comes from practice, that comes from big plays, that you don't just celebrate the big play, you kind of dig into the why it happened. Then you're able to now create some moments to say, this wouldn't have happened without X, Y, or Z. And that's the type of respect and regard you start to build to one another when you have the standard. So you're always able to go back to it. Conversely, the receiver was open, the guy got beat, sack happened, the hit happened, the throw had to go early. I'm able to do my job, my brother does his. You have to point that out as well, because if you're not able to do it, the consequences of not being able to execute and go 
it just doesn't work in the same space. One of the very best offensive coaches that I, you know, coached against was Tom Moore, a long time veteran coach. And he had a great line. He said, 90% of play calling is execution. And I thought, man, isn't that the damn truth? So all the calls, all the different things, it still comes down to executing. And I've got to be able to do my job because you do yours. And it goes staff wise, you know, if we're going to have a hell of a practice, it has to be all the coaches being ready to throw a great practice. All the coaches getting their individual groups together. The head coach has to, you know, coordinate the whole thing, but practicing your group having it so the next group can have it. The scripts in such a way that you can practice the things that you need to do uh, to work one another. So it goes all the way through it, top to bottom, through the whole organization, training, equipment, coaches. The better that you keep this in the front of your mind, the better you can perform because there should be some pressure on one another to get it right because if we're really working hard and taking on something of this magnitude, it's going to take a lot of collaboration, so I love this part of it. In this next segment, Coach Quinn talks about their identity and how being relentless competitors is part of it. At the core, we are relentless competitors. We're fast and physical like the Raptor that bears our name. So um, I'm taking it back to 15 to say going in, I really wanted to make sure as a team you better grab an identity. And for me, that was going to start with competing, and it was going to kind of go into every single part of the program that I could make it from meetings to practice competitions to um, the ones that we did that you saw with APG. We just wanted to make competing in every single thing that we could do part of it, winning and losing at some spot and then playing physical. So we just wanted to make sure, Hey, can we get an identity that this is going to be there all the time? So for me, it was out hitting every team we play. And so this came back for me, you know, people that shape you along the way, this was a, uh, a Bill Walsh one from early on in the Niners days. My first NFL job was in San Francisco. And this was one of the things that uh, I got from him. So while hit every team we play this year, and this is the 2013 team. And that's all the signatures um, of the, of the players. And we brought that into the locker room to sign it, to autograph it for every game, to make sure you were going to put your name behind what you were going to do to help create the identity. If you look at the bat on the bottom, out hit every team we play. We just wanted to make sure that we never backed off of the identity. We never backed off of the competing. And so for those guys to recognize that as competitors and playing fast and physical, I think the good news is they heard the message that I was trying to send. But this part of the culture, that is something that has to live together because you can't have one or two guys trying to out hit somebody and four or five not. Because then what do you go back to? Hey, man, we said we we're going to out hit people. That ain't it. Or when we did hit somebody, say that's the standard we want to be about. So it just gives you all these unique ways to reward what your team's identity wants to be about. Coach continues on talking about his team's identity and how everything being about the ball is a big part of that. Everything we do is about the ball. And so for me, that was, um, you know, the turnover margin, you know, as a head coach to create takeaways to take care of the ball. And so finding ways to celebrate that, whether it was at practice, um, in game, to find moments to think about it and do it. So I told you back to the, you know, one of that interception of Malcolm Smith, it was because he thought about that ball. I got to go run because there's a chance I can go get it. So another way to do this is to talk about it all the way. And so the games that are had turnovers in them offensively, you say, man, like, are we protecting it? What was the cause of the turnover? And then defensively, kind of the same thing. If you were really going to attack it, you could see it. 
if you weren't going to attack it, you could see that too. So again, I keep bringing you back to your own program. What do you want your team to look like? And again, this standard was the only one that the Atlanta guys had. I'm going to challenge you to make one for your own team and how it comes up. In this game, there'll be times where there are things happening where you don't necessarily have an immediate answer for. So Coach Quinn built a check within to what they do on defense that answers that. And one of the best people he had that was an example of leadership in that area was Cam Chancellor, and he explains that in this next segment. When all else fails, we're trained to check whoop-ass better than anyone in the world. And so that one probably came from me too. But sometimes as players, a formation, something new came up, and as opposed to you know playing slow or playing you know not to make a mistake, you got to go take your shot. And so that was checking whoop-ass to us. Here was a new concept, a new play, something that came up. You got to go hit your way through some problems. And this player uh, in particular did that better than anybody. His name's Cam Chancer. So he was the finest leader that I've ever been around. But he did this better than anyone did too because his identity of a ball player was so strong, it never wavered. And so think of like the fighter, one of my favorite ones, kind of growing up through the 80s, that was my era. So Tommy Hearns was one, you know, as he fought in the Olympics in 1976 in Montreal as an amateur, he said, what do you do? And he said, I knock people out. And well, sure enough, when he turned pro, I think he had won 70 fights and, you know, 68 or something were, were knockouts. So Cam had this very clear vision of what he wanted to be about and what it was going to look like. And he checked whoop ass better than anyone uh, that I knew. So knowing that there'll be problems come up and you got to fight your way through this, that's really what it says. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be things to go. And when those moments come, you stand up and you fight your ass off to go get it. And so this player and that picture really on the top represents that, you know, to me in a very big way. So that's where that one came from, I think. Coach Quinn gave some great examples in this podcast today on how you build an ethos or standard within your own program. His entire talk is filled with examples, and he shows some things on video of what those look like on the field as well. But you got a great feel for some of those things you need to do as you sit down with your team and work towards next season and what you're going to be about. And it's an important thing, really, to have that identity. And he talks about the process for doing it in this next segment. How do you start in ethos in your own programs, breaking the group and the team up and start off by saying, who do we want to be? You know, I think is a big piece of that and knowing what you want to be and then just start putting some ideas up on the board. From there, you talk about, you know, like this isn't rules of the program. It's a standard or an ethos. And so start having what you want your team to look like and how would you make that come to life? If it, for me, it was competition, out hitting. Those are things that were important to me the ball. In your framework, it may be something totally different. Maybe, hey, we want to play as fast as we can. We want to you know, do certain things. So all that said, I encourage you to do it as a group and tell them what you're going to do as a project to the whole team, then split up as groups. Come back again. Okay, hey, 10 minutes later, we're going to come back. Let's talk about some ideas of our identity, what we want it to be about. Split up again, bring them back. Have one leader with the group. Hey, this is what we came up with. These are some things. And you start jotting down the ideas. All you have to do is kind of be the note taker in this. Because at the end of it, if you have a standard that you really or the players really believe in, you now have just created a way to enforce some of the things that you wanted in your program as opposed to broke this rule, didn't do this. So 
I'd find what are the most important things in the program. The players, they'll also have a say in that. And now you have a way to hold one another more accountable than you would have if you didn't have something to, to help tie you together. So get yourself an identity as a team. The difference between environment and culture is big because culture is living something together for good or for bad. Environment's good, but it's not the same as culture. In me and my time in Atlanta in 2015, music playing, good juice, good energy, but the culture of living it in the game, living it at practice, wasn't to where it was eight and eight. So the next year, I told about finding things to improve on. Matt Ryan had been an MVP that year. Team did well that year. But I wouldn't say like I coached a hell of a lot different. But one thing that was different was the player-to-player -player accountability. Hey, man, that ain't the standard. Let's bring it up. Let's go through that play again. Having a player tell a coach, hey, uh, Dan, we need to hit that play again. I need to do it full speed. I missed it. And so having ways to practice, that's a big deal to know that uh, a player – if they want to reach the standard and do it for one another, this is a sure way to do that. And then you have to live it every day. You can't just put it on a wall and say, okay, that's the program. Like putting toughness on a sign on a wall and just talking about it and treating somebody poorly, that's not toughness and you won't really have a standard. So whatever it is, I would say philosophy, standard, you have to live it every day. And the best way an assistant coach is, can do is live it for the head coach. To make sure, hey, this is how we want to get it done. We're going to live it. And then it goes from head coach to the assistant coaches, players, players to players, coaches to coaches, player to coach, coach to player, all those interconnected ways that really good teams are a part of. And the very best teams I've been a part of were really good in the locker room first. Coach Quinn shared some pretty impactful ideas and insight in today's podcast. Just a glimpse of what he had within his whole talk set your standard his entire talk along with some of the best clinic talks i've seen this entire off season have been produced into courses on coach tube proceeds from all of those continue to benefit the lawrence first and goal foundation for pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services be sure to check that out link is in the show notes it's still clinic season we have some great virtual clinics going on next week we have the Louisiana Football Coaches Association Clinic, headlined by guys like Sean Payton, Nick Saban, and Eric Bieniemy. You're definitely going to want to check that one out. It's only $25 for that clinic. Uh, following that, we begin our state champions clinic. It's a little bit different in the format. It's going to be a problems and solutions clinic. We're going to get away from just teaching straight concepts and really go into some of the things in offense, defense, special teams, strength and conditioning, program building that are issues that teams see again and again and hear from state champions on how they solve those issues to bring their teams to the top. Watch for that one. We'll post the link for that as soon as it goes live here. But again, that will be an ongoing clinic Tuesdays and Thursday nights for eight weeks. And uh, you're going to hear from over 200 state champions in that clinic on how they solved some of their problems and brought their team to the top. We also have the Cool Clinic coming up. World-famous Cool Clinic, been happening now since uh, the early 80s. You can check that one out at cool.coachesclinic.com. And, of course, check out all we're doing at Coaching Coordinator. Go to my Twitter, at Coach K. Grabowski, or to the website, coachandcoordinator.com to see everything that we have posted there.